when I actually tried out and started seeing how just complex it was, I immediately fell in love. And it was at that point that sport really became my identity. We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becchio, well placed! The story of Whitney Zeely's time as an athlete is a two-part kind of tale. If you asked her when she first started playing sports, she'd tell you it was in elementary school. I live in a fairly urban area and have gone to private schools my whole life, so I was surrounded by white people and I was always, you know, fast and strong and at the same time I always stood out for being the only black person, so sports while I was I think talented. I wasn't necessarily passionate at a young age. Um, So I swam, I played soccer, and I rode in high school. Um, And it wasn't, it was something I did, but it wasn't necessarily an identity at that point. Um, And in college, actually, I was pre-med. I went to Holy Cross, and I didn't do any sports in college because I thought I should be focusing on academics. When she first started playing sports, there wasn't some great magic about it. There wasn't some deep sense that sport could be this thing she built dreams up out of. This thing that she'd commit to so fully that really her whole life, even her relationships, would be restructured. Those qualities describe the second part of Zeely's athlete story. Later on, when she was unexpectedly introduced to the sport that'd go on to transform her life. Um, But it was actually post-college when I discovered football. Football. Women's tackle football. I probably wouldn't have known it existed, um, but for the fact that I was dating a guy at the time who played men's semi-pro, and his head coach was a wide receiver coach for the Boston women's football team. So I loved football. Um, I went to all of his practices, all of the games. And at some point the coach was like, okay, you clearly seem to like this. Have you ever thought about playing it? Um, So he put me on to the existence of women's football. I went to a playoff game just as a fan, just to check it out. And I immediately (laughs) was in the stands, just like wide eyed in love with it. Not long after that game, Zeely tried out for what was then known as the Boston Militia, now known as the Boston Renegades, of the Women's Football Alliance, a full-on contact 11v11 women's football league, which as of right now has 66 teams across the U.S. And, you know, I've always been a casual fan and enjoyed watching the game, and I think I simplified it when I watched it. I had no idea what went into playing football, so when I actually tried out and started seeing how just complex it was, I immediately fell in love. And it was at that point that sport really became my identity Um, in a post-college world for me where you're already just, it's like seeing the world for the first time and, and your eyes wide open and taking everything in. So to find sports um, and, and to, really exude your sport to really absorb it and take it on as a personality for you um, at that point in your life. It's probably one of the reasons that football is just such a transformative thing for me. 
There's a unique kind of intensity about women's football. That's not just about the physical nature of the sport these women suit up to play. It is quite the commitment. I think that's something people don't um, necessarily understand, but it's twice a week um, you have practice from pretty much from eight to 10 and you could be driving an hour to the practice facility, um, an hour back home. And it's games on the weekends. We were traveling to DC, to Pittsburgh, um, but it's like eight or nine months of your life doing that post work hours. Um, and it's a grind. It's like beyond the physical stuff. It's just, it's a lot of time. Um, and when you're like, you know, a young rookie, it's amazing. It's everything like it's social too. So you're, you're finding, you know, a whole new group of people to call family. Um, and actually it's such a commitment that for me, when you really buy in and commit to it at that level, you, you sort of close down your other social circles and you start drawing different lines as far as who gets it and who doesn't get it. Um, for me, a lot of my family, even, you know, they thought of it as something casual, you know, a hobby and knowing that I would wake up super early in the morning just to train for it, do my work day, go to practice afterwards, like to have people not take my commitment in it seriously, um, I think put restraint on a lot of my relationships. Women who are mothers and engineers and healthcare workers coming together from all corners of a city, playing a sport they've poured themselves into in these small pockets of time that is misunderstood by or unheard of by so many playing without the sparkle of any broadcast, for no real paycheck. There's a unique kind of intensity about women's football. For me, I mean, playing a non-traditional sport and one like football, which is like America's baby, right? It's, um, it's sort of sacred here. Uh, to, to be playing as a woman, I just felt like I had a cause bigger than myself. And it was just so powerful to be I mean I think football is the ultimate team sport but to be on that field with 50 something other women working towards the same goal the same passion same commitment um, it was just a powerful experience that I was so fortunate to have ever played and Whitney Zeely was a star she was named an all-american and the league's most valuable player on Boston's way to winning its first national championship she became the first woman to rush for 2,000 yards in a season. Bleacher Report in 2013 dubbed her the finest running back in women's football. And she's pretty humble about being a big deal. I mean, I had a, what I would call a pretty rough rookie season. I had that moment, you know, where the light bulb goes off and things click for you. But from then it was like, like I said, the ultimate team sport. And it's a, seeing other people on the field give their all uh just gives you that sense of you know I would go to battle with these women any day um and I I think I'm a shy person and football also gave me the opportunity to be and feel seen without having to ever say hey look at me um I think you know I just put my head down and work and set goals and put in the time and it paid off um but I mean, 
I think having that desire to want to contribute is what fueled me a lot. Um, and, you know, later in my career, when I felt like I wasn't able to contribute in the same way, like it changed, it changed how I felt about myself and my self-esteem. Um, but yeah, I mean, just wanting to be a team player is really what fueled me and, and had me so invested. Even the best running backs, however, aren't shielded from the grueling hits upon grueling hits. As a player, I played football for seven years, and I believe it was my my fourth season. There were a lot of injuries. <laughs> um, the first big injury, she'll tell you, was the torn labrum. I could still play. I dislocated my shoulder quite a few times, but I could still play. So that feeling of like invincibility didn't hit me yet. Um, and the following season, after coming back from the sh- shoulder surgery, um, I broke my ankle and I had to get plate and screws, put it to my leg. And I actually missed games for that. Um, And that was actually the season that we won the championship again. But in that time, I'm so grateful for that time because I really got to stand back and admire and watch my teammates and have them carry me emotionally through that time um, because it wasn't easy at all. And it was, you know, speculation of whether or not I'd be able to come back for playoffs, but really relying on your team and so grateful to have team um, people to support you say, you know, we got you, we got you um, to really get me through that. Um, With those first two, I was able to come back. So I, you know, was determined during the rehab process to get back on the field, looking forward to getting back on the field. And my confidence wasn't too shaken after those first two injuries. Zeely rehabbed, she fought, she came back. But unfortunately, those two injuries wouldn't be the last. The last season I played, I ended that season with another torn labrum in my other shoulder and a torn meniscus. And I had surgery on my meniscus in the off season. And it was initially for me like a year off just to give my body a break, get after rehab and come back stronger. As many athletes know, the aches and pains of a lot of injuries Don't just turn off in the moments where you're not practicing or doing the one specific motion for your sport. Often it hurts to just move about the world. And it's then an athlete must ask, at what cost? It got to a point post-meniscus surgery where, like, taking the tea to work every day was not comfortable and sitting all day at work wasn't comfortable and just normal everyday things weren't comfortable um and i i had to ask myself i'd had four surgeries in three years if i can risk having another surgery if i can risk having another injury um and put myself through this again knowing that football is my absolute love i wish it were my full-time job i wish it were a paying gig but i have to be able to use my brain use my body um get through life every day comfortably um, and, and it got to a point where as much rehab as I was doing, as stronger as I was doing, running just wasn't comfortable. So I, I kind of made that call at that point not to play. Zeely retired in 2017. Her last game was the WFA championship. The Renegades lost. Her partner, however, Renegades quarterback Allison Cahill, was very much still playing. I would be 
at home drinking a bottle of wine, waiting for her to come home from football. It was just a pretty pitiful life and existence. And um, just like, I, I want to hear how the team's doing, but I don't want to hear. I want you to play football, but I don't want you to be doing this thing without me. Um, this was something we shared. And yeah, I mean, it was extremely difficult. While struggling with the loss and figuring out what her connection to the sport she loved could be, Zeely was presented with an opportunity. The owner, Molly Goodwin of the team, actually, who was also a former player, you know, she kept reaching out, kept reaching out, like, we're always here for you. And I knew they were, but it just didn't feel the same. Um, But one weekend, a coach wasn't going to be at the game, so she asked me to step in and coach, and that it's probably halfway through the season and that's when I decided it was better to be doing that as, you know, not as fun as playing as it was. It was better than sitting on the couch <laughs> waiting for your partner to come home only to not talk about football because she knew how much, you know, it, it hurt you to not be there. Stepping into a coaching role of a team she was so close with just months ago presented its own challenges how to interact with players, and how to not interact. But for Zeely, being a coach, kind of like being a star running back, at its core was about using her abilities to contribute to the success of the Boston Renegades. I needed that um, to be around it and to be invested in pouring myself into helping other people be better, um, to help the team succeed. I think that I was better off having done that, particularly my first year not playing, um, than being at home on the couch. (laughs) It made a lot of sense for Zeely to coach, until it didn't. And even it making sense wasn't what mattered. We want to be okay when going through a tough time. We want to process it in a way that's not so debilitating to get over it or at least be able to suck it up. We want to take stock of what we're lucky to have and do all the bargaining talk that says, hey, this isn't perfect. I wish I had that, but at least I have this. At least I'm contributing. And sometimes that just doesn't work. You can't always will it to be all good if it's not the time or the way. Zeely stopped coaching football in 2019 because she found it too difficult emotionally. Her day job in her last few seasons is still her job today. Zeely works in finance as a chief administrative officer. And while she doesn't have the outlet of football after work anymore, she still carries some of the traits football asked her to bring out in this role. You know, they talk about it building character. And I feel like with certain players, like you were meant to play football. This is meant to be your sport. And I feel like I was. I I think I had a strong sense of character before from like I work really hard I keep my head down I'm I'm a pretty quiet person um and I think that ability to work hard in sort of chaotic environments um has certainly translated to my work and my career um my just ability to be a team player and um just the the calmness with which I approach solving problems I think that's translated. Hard to know, chicken or egg, you know, which came first. (laughs) 
Just like every other sports league on the planet, the Women's Football Alliance stopped playing in 2020 once the pandemic unfolded. It's a shame. I think when COVID started, we had some good momentum. Just women's sports in general had some really good momentum. And um, I'll tell you, football specifically, I almost feel like rather than taking advantage of this moment, like even just now watching, you know, pre-NFL programs, uh, so much of what I see is, you know, highlighting women, female coaches, young girls, but it's like flag or the female referee or even the female coaches that are in the NFL. Nearly all of those women came from our football league. um, And I don't think that's ever been highlighted or talked about. I think, you know, the NFL is going to take the opportunity to place the spotlight where they want it um, and not, not support women's tackle football, at least. Um, There were certainly flag football highlights and, you know, young girls catching footballs, which is awesome and great. And to be honest, I support it, but I have that sense of bitterness and resentment because it's like, we're the closest thing to parallel that the NFL has. And there's never been any sort of support um, for it really at the the league level, which I think is a shame, particularly because our, our league and sport has served as a feeder system for a lot of the female coaches you're seeing in the NFL now. In fact, this past Sunday, we witnessed the first Women's Football Alliance alum to win a Super Bowl. Tampa Bay defensive line assistant Lori Locus played for four seasons in the WFA and now sits on the WFA advisory board. Looking ahead, the league has plans to play a season from around April to June this year. And though this is the first time the league is dealing with the logistics of having a season during an ongoing global pandemic... The central issues making it so difficult to have a season during an ongoing global pandemic aren't new or out of nowhere for them. It's the lack of resources, and it's getting people to know that these incredible athletes are out there, that this league exists. Exposure is everything, and once you get people to at least our games, they're pretty much bought in from the beginning. And what it would take right now is somebody getting in their car and driving to Revere, Massachusetts to see a game, but with the proper resources, our games could be televised and you could broadcast that across the nation and get people sucked in because there's likely a football team in your area, a women's football team. Um, And with the right resources, you can expose people to that. Um, I certainly think you're going to have a large number of people that are resistant. Um, I think you'll have both men and women that are resistant to it. Um, But I I hope that once they see it, um, they can buy into the, you know, athleticism that's displayed on the field. Look, I'll say this, even though I have yet to attend a WFA game in person, I know I'm I'm already completely bought in. So I was lucky enough to connect with Zeely after getting to know just a bit of her story via the amazing ESPN documentary, Born to Play, directed by Viridiana Lieberman. I'm not exaggerating when I say... That was one of the best sports documentaries I've ever seen. Uh, ever. Thank you. I want to say thank you. I did nothing at all. Viri was just 
unbelievable. And I was just trying to articulate to her actually this morning, just how perfect I thought it was. Like she perfectly illustrated the feeling like football is just a feeling for me. And she managed to illustrate it beautifully, um, tell our story beautifully. And I mean, I've watched it numerous times now. I know how it's going to end. I know all the moments, the highs, the lows, and it's still like sucks me in <laughs> every time and gives me that feeling again, as though like I were playing again, like if football is my drug, like that, that was my high. I didn't need to search for it anymore because just watching it made me relive all of that in the best, worst way possible. I mean, it's all those emotions, but that's what it is to find a, a, a love in sport. It's highs and it's lows. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, so I, I do hope that we can get it out in more places. Um, I hope it's one of those films that like girls before the big soccer game are like gathered at a sleepover and watching this movie. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm obviously biased, but I hope that it's resonated with uh, a broad audience. Born to play is currently available to stream on ESPN.com. Thank you to Whitney Zeely for coming onto the podcast and thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.